Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Hear that? It's the call of the crave. And when the crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 bacon bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. We've reached the end of our sixth season of By the Book, so you know what that means? Margaritaville! But before that, what does it mean? It's time for another By the Book season wrap-up. Exactly. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain. You need some help. Ooh, self-help. By the book, 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 by the book. That's right. It's time for our By the Book Season 6 wrap-up. This is the first of our current crop of bonus episodes. Every other week between now and the launch of Season 7, we'll be releasing a new bonus episode. But before we get started... If you want more of us, reminder, check out our other podcast. It's called We Love You and So Can You. In each episode, we help a guest tackle a predicament in their life and hopefully help them to feel a little more love for themselves along the way. It's basically like a makeover for your heart that you could put in your ears. And I don't want to sound partial here, but... Maybe I am. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's heartwarming. We're biased, but you can trust us. Yeah. Also, if you like crying, there's always crying. Oh, gotta love crying. Speaking <laughs> of crying, Kristen, should we talk about the books we live by this season? Yes, yes. And as per usual, as we do with the wrap-ups every single season, what we're going to do is go book by book through, and each of us take turns with saying what's stuck from each book, what new revelations we have since living by that book, and what was pure torture. So shall we start with the 1930s with our first book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie? Yeah, let's start there. All right. So, Jolenta, 
You tell me first. What stuck? New revelations and pure torture. What stuck? What stuck was remembering how great it is just to listen to people. Mm. Um, Listening to my, I guess, what, cousin-in-law talk about (laughs) her dance and just, like, letting her sort of monologue with just a few questions, not making it about me. Like, I just saw parts of her I never knew existed. And I learned so much about her just, like, as a person and her personality. Like, I gotta keep listening. And I love it. Nice. New revelations. Um, I think I might be evil (laughs) because you made this all about winning friends and I made this much more about influencing people. So that was interesting. (laughs) And what was pure torture was really Brad asking me while I live by this book why I was being so nice all the time, Mm. which like. Uh, first of all, it's annoying. Second of all, implying I'm not nice most of the time. And that's (laughs) shitty. How about you? (laughs) Okay, so what stuck? I can't even remember if this came up in the episode, but at one point in the book, Dale Carnegie suggests we greet people with the same kind of love and joy as a dog greets its human Mm -hmm. with. Um, And I think about this all the time. I mean, ever since this book, I always just think, be the dog. Be the dog. That's why you've been reminding me of Frank so much. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, That's a compliment. Kidding. I love Frank. Frank, if I'm like you. You guys are both very cute. I, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, new revelations. You can still make friends with people even if one of the first things you say to them is a disagreement mm. with their point of view. So if you listen back to the episode, you may recall there was one person who it seemed was very offended with me because I was kind of disagreeing with her on yeah. something. She was somebody I didn't know. I just met that day. But she and I have since gone on to become social media friends. We comment on each other's stuff. We give each other tips and so wow. on. So everything worked out fine. Um, for torture, I'm going to say nothing because I loved this book. So Kristen. I loved it. I love the love for people. I love the love for getting to know people. I love being a dog. I love this book. <laughs> Can I add Kristen's attitude to pure torture in my category? (laughs) Kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I want to move on now to the 1940s, Kristen, on being a real person by Harry Emerson Fosdick. Yes. Let's get to Mr. Dick. Fosdick, I mean. All right. Uh, Or Professor Fosdick, Dr. Fosdick, Pastor Fosdick, Mm. whatever it is. Okay. So, Jolenta, you tell me. Okay. What stuck is just the idea that, like, love— and friendship and wanting to come together as humans, like, often trumps change. Like, my friend didn't care that my family had fallen apart, and, like, I feel immense shame because, like, my father has disowned me. But she doesn't give a shit. She loves me. Our relationship's pretty much the same as always. Like, she's just there for me, and, like, a bunch of shit's changed, and she's still my friend. Nice. Nice. New revelations? I did not know I had so many things I would die for. The list was long. Yeah, no, and I'm, like, pretty proud of it. <laughs> what was pure torture? Okay, this is a tie between listening to me talking about my dad while it's really raw, because, like, I have those thoughts all the time. It's not fun to listen to. Mm. It's just, like, ugh, it's yucky, but, like, it's good to put out there. Other pure torture, just reading this book. Oh, It yeah. was a slug. It's long. It's wordy. It just really felt like I was reading an old book. Yeah. You know what? For me, I am going to piggyback on that and Mm -hmm. also agree that it was pure torture. Yeah. Despite his good intentions, Fosdick's writing 
was so hard to get through. It was flowery and repetitive and overwritten. It Mm. cited too many other white dude scholars in its attempts to sound smart. It had no clear steps. It was misogynistic. It was homophobic. It was such a heavy lift to get through. It was just terrible. It was terrible. a yes. daunting process. But let's talk about some good things. Yes. What stuck for me is I still feel a sense of ownership over my freelance identity. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I feel more happy and more in charge of my freelance identity now than I ever have. I would agree. Thanks. Uh, new revelations that Harry Emerson Fosdick is still very much admired and is frequently referenced in articles arguing against the current state of religious fundamentalism in the U.S. No way. I've come across so many articles recently with him mentioned in it uh, with reference to uh, the current state of the government and the relationship between right-wing Christianity and right-wing politics and Mm. so on. And he comes up again and again as this was a guy who warned us against this. That's so cool. So, yeah, there are some good revelations that I've had just, you know, learning more about who he is. I love that. Shall we move on to the 1950s? Oh, do let's. Let's talk about The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. Okay. What stuck for me? Revisiting books I love. I I believe I turned to the play. I guess it's a play, but it was in print. Mm -hmm. Uh, The play Angels in America when I had to think about spirituality. And I realized like, oh, I like a lot of the books that I've managed to keep after, you know, the numerous purges we've done. <laughs> and, like, now I'm reading The Hero with a Thousand Faces again because I, like, found it on my bookshelf and was like, I love Joseph Campbell. I should check this out. Nice. Uh, new revelations. People are more positive about me than I than I think they are. Or maybe not positive, but just neutral. Like, just no one cares as much as I think. Like, no one gave a shit when I was like, I'm not drinking, but I'll meet you at this bar. Like, no one bats an eye. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's fine. It reminds me of what my nana used to say, most people aren't thinking about exactly. you. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, and that's a good thing. I love it. Uh, what was pure torture? Um, I don't want to sound anti-religion, but just in this book, the assumption that God was just so big in everyone's mm. life, it was one of the ones where, like, lots of scripture is quoted and, like, prescribed in the examples. I'm sitting there wondering, like, because I'm not religious and wasn't really raised on it that much, like, also, are there insights I'm missing out on that are being, you know, sort of cited or quoted? Not to mention, like, it's just not relatable to me. Yeah. And I'm just going to, again, piggyback off you here. It's not just that it's religious. It's Christian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very specifically Christian. And that's part of what was pure torture for me because even though I um, was very much a devout Christian in my younger years, I'm not now. And most people on the planet are not Christians. Mm. And I also feel that even if you love Jesus and you are a devout Christian, you sometimes need more than the Bible and positive thinking to treat what ails you. Yeah. And this book kind of acts as though, hey, here's my prescription pad. And then it's John 3.16. Or here's my prescription work, pad. like, yeah. uh, try again? Yeah. And so it seems over and over again, Bible verses are almost treated as if they're a prescription pad. Like, yeah. let me just write this down yeah, for yeah. you. Now you're going to say this Bible verse and you're going to feel great about about the fact that you have cancer or whatever it is. No, I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But what stuck? Yeah. Positivity generally makes things more fun, at least for me. (laughs) Uh But I suppose I already knew that about myself. True, (laughs) true. But it still stuck. Yes, it did. All right. So for new revelations, um, again, going back to things I've been reading lately, additional research I've done, A number of writers and political science scholars over the past few years have attributed a certain current U.S. president's leadership style 
to Norman Vincent Peale. Mm. And when I say leadership style, I mean their refusal to accept or acknowledge failure, uh, lies that put him in a good light, uh, constant declarations that he's winning even when he's not. Mm. And reminder, Norman Vincent Peale was this president's pastor. And as we mentioned in the episode, he also officiated his first marriage to his first wife. So in short, positive thinking can go too far. So far. All right. Let's move along to the 1960s, shall we, with our gal, Phyllis Diller, and her housekeeping hints. Yes. What stuck for me? Uh, Kristen, I'm still leaving my sink really messy. I don't know if Brad has noticed, but I basically, like, since we live by this book on and off, I go through periods of just, like, not touching the sink and just, like, seeing what happens. And And it gets taken care of. Oh, yes. Oh, I I love love it. it. Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Uh, new revelations. Uh, I'm kind of into saying I made food I didn't know. <laughs> you didn't. You're not saying you made it. You're saying it's homemade, right? I'll which be is like, not this is home baked, or like this was like grown locally. I didn't. Yeah, but no one needs to know, and it impresses people, and it's fun. And like often, I'll eventually cave and be like, "But actually, it's from this bakery." Like, but you should check it out. What they're about is super cool. Did I tell um, you I used to do that with my book club in the early years? My book club just celebrated mm-hmm. their nine year anniversary, but in the first year or two. People would say, oh, that's delicious. You'll have to share the recipe. And I would say, mm-hmm. And I would never tell them that I actually bought <gasps> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I'll usually tell them if they really push. But it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, what was pure torture? Brad, Brad. Brad <laughs> complaining about cleaning while I live by this really fucking fun book. Like, that was torture. Him not being on board. <laughs> How about you, Kristen? All right. So what stuck? My love of Phyllis Mm. Diller. After reading this book, I've continued to learn more and more about her and what a kick-ass lady she was. And, you know, I've always held Joan Rivers up as the high priestess of comedy, of, like, trailblazing, of, you know, breaking ground for women. But I guess I just didn't realize Phyllis Diller was a whole generation Mm. before her. Yeah, she's like the grandmother. Yes, and she was such a trailblazer. And I, I guess I just did not realize what an age difference there was and what a big deal. Right. What she was saying, um, it was subversive. It was funny, but it was also Very subversive. Very subversive. And yeah. a lot of Joan's early work really, and her styling, really mimics Felix Stiller. Yeah. It's a lot about, like, being the anti-domestic goddess. And then she pushed it forward in, you know, the 60s by making it about, like, sex and how she's, like, not the ideal sex partner. But, like, it's really derivative of that work. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, new Revelations, it's sometimes fun to help Dean do housework. What? <laughs> I never thought in the years we have done this, I never thought that would be something we discovered. I know, but, you know, sometimes we'll do stuff together. Like I'll help him, like, you know, chop some vegetables in the kitchen or help him put away some laundry. Whoa. And, it, you know, it's more quality time. It's fun. Yeah, you like Dean. Yeah, I really like Dean. So it's like, oh, now I'm spending more time with Dean. So so it's pretty fun. Yes. Um, what was pure torture? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this book was a gas, as Phyllis would say. Um, and so, yeah, I can't think of anything that I didn't enjoy about this book. The cartoons were really adorable. It was so much fun. The comedy was hilarious. Like the fake notes written yes. in by Phyllis Diller. It is, <laughs> if you can get a copy of the book, it is a delight. It is so enjoyable. I, I have nothing bad to say about this book. Nothing at all. That's so nice. On that, like, very agreeable note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the books we've lived by for season six of By the Book.
Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back with our Season 6 wrap-up episode, and we are moving on to the 1970s and the book we live by called The Joy of Sex by Alex Comfort. Mm -hmm. Kristen, what stuck? What are your new revelations? And what was pure torture? All right, so what stuck? Dean still does naughty dances sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, he already kind of occasionally did some flirty butt shaking. Right, I was going to say, he's a tush shaker. Yeah, he, he's a tush shaker. But now I think he kind of puts his whole self into oh it. Oh, my gosh. Which is pretty fun. It's pretty hilarious. So um, cute. So yeah. endearing. I, I super enjoy it. Yeah. Um, new revelations. Toes are grosser to most of our listeners than bathtubs. Um, really? <laughs> like, seriously, some people who are still traumatized by the bathtub scene from a few seasons back mm-hmm. say that they would take that all over again to erase the memory of Dean and I playing with toes during sex. That's crazy. Um, I so, love it. Ho- well, hold on. Which do you oh. find grosser, the bathtub or the toes? Bathtub, to me, feels more intimate. Okay. All but right. I don't know why. Because of the splashing water and you could actually hear that we were naked? Is that why? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like I— I feel like I can put myself there more, yeah. and so then I'm more uncomfortable because I feel like I'm, like, in a bath with you and Dean, where the toes, I'm like, yeah, that happens. Like, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> feet. Feet are things we have. Some people like them, some don't. But, like, I'm like, don't put me in a bath with you. Like, I did not I did not sign up for this. <laughs> all right. Um, torture. Yes. The pure torture for me, I think we can all agree, misogyny. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm a totally woke dude. I love a Here liberated gal. Here are all the ga- ways I'm going to come on you. Yeah. I love a liberated gal, but I don't want you to be equal. I no, just, no, 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 no. I just want be you to be jizzle. loose. Yeah. Yeah. But be my just holding like multiple holes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you yeah. worship my penis? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, if I can jump in, what was pure torture for me, which is probably a, has a note of misogyny, is like hearing about female orgasms as byproducts, like mm. byproducts of men getting their pleasure in like all these cool ways. Like, oh, and she'll probably come there, too. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's going to be so pleasurable to rub your penis between her tits. And you know what? She might orgasm. Yeah. And, like, even if that feels great, I just don't know if that's accurate information. Yeah. Let's move on to what's stuck for me. Um, Sex forts are very cool. 
all forts are Very cool. cool. Forts, forts are, are cool. so great. I and love just forts. like instead of being like, oh, let's see if we happen to like have sex somewhere other than the bedroom. It's like, don't like be intentional about it. <laughs> um, and New Revelation for me was it was sort of a downer. But just the 70s are so much less ideal than I make them to be in my mind. Like oh, I imagine it to be just like this fun, woke like disco share party but really it's like a, a lot of the same but it was like even worse yeah i mean some of the fashion's cool i mean yeah like still to this day like i think i was born in the wrong decade for like my hair <laughs> but like that doesn't mean the 70s are as as much of an ideal as i've made them to be mm. moving on Kristen. let's talk about the 80s yeah my favorite decade the decade i was born in we Live by the Dance of Anger by Harriet Lerner. Yes. All right. So what stuck? On the rare occasions I think I'm feeling anger, which, as you know, it's pretty rare, I now ask myself, what about the situation makes me angry? What is the real issue here? What do I think and feel? And yeah. those are the questions the book says to ask. Mm-hmm. I think that's just something we should all be doing whenever we feel anything. Like, what is the real reason I'm right. crying? Yeah. Um, whatever it is that feels like an extreme emotion to pause and think about not talking yourself out of the emotion. But just what's underneath it. Yeah. What's what's at the heart of this thing that I'm feeling that's so extreme? I just, I loved that part mm-hmm. of the book. New revelations that I've come a really long way since my doormat days. Yeah. Um, as you may recall, there's an audio diary in there where I'm talking with my friend Lila, kind of like recounting all the really horrible shit yes. I put up with over the years. And Lila and I talked later on after we got done taping it, and she said, you know, it's hard to think of you ever being a doormat. And I talked with other friends about it, my friend Eric Sasson, and they all were like, I never knew that version of you. Right. I was think- I think of you as super enthusiastic, but, like, you have limits. And, like, yeah. y- you-, you don't make them known aggressively, but, like, you do. Yeah. It's like you're gung-ho, but you're not gung-ho about everything for everyone's sake. It just was a really big relief because that was so much of who I was for so long. And I, I was essentially just like, yeah, you can fuck me over as many ways as you want and I will come back for like, more. Just keep like pretending you love me. Yeah, Yay. exactly. And Ugh. it was just nice to know that people who know me now don't see that in me at all. So, yeah, that's um, really and I respect cool. the people I know now. So, yeah, <laughs> and they respect Good. me. It's great. Yes. <laughs> um, what was pure torture? It was really sad for me when people wrote in accusing Dean of being a bad guy. Yeah, I assume that wouldn't go over well for you. Oh, I mean, I know, like, anyone who listens to the show knows that Jolenta gets mama bear when people get mad and say shitty stuff to us. It's not. Or or specifically to me. Yeah. Jolenta does not like it. I don't care. You can say anything you want to me, but don't (laughs) fucking say it to Kristen. So I started feeling that. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling Mm -hmm. the Jolenta mama bear. Like, don't you dare fuck with Dean. Don't yeah. you dare say anything because he was in a bad mood for a few minutes. Does right. not mean that he's manipulating me. It does not mean that he shuts me down. It doesn't mm. mean that he's a bad husband. It doesn't mean that he doesn't take my feelings seriously. It just I, meant he was in yeah. bad mood for 10 minutes. I was going to say, as someone who knows you both and, like, you you know, has, I have a feel for your interactions. To me, it sounded like he was frustrated that you were trying to force a recording session out of something that he didn't think was that big of an issue. <laughs> you yeah. can shit on your spouse all you want, but... But other people? No. 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 Don't do it. No. Not at all. Um, Incidentally, Dean said he was totally fine with that. Yeah. He saw all the letters coming and he's like, whatever. It's just part of the show. (laughs) Uh, Typical Dean. (laughs) All right. What about you? Um, What stuck? Trying to ask myself what I want out of situations. Mm. I'm good at telling you 
any reason under the sun why I'm angry and, like, you know, I'll go back to the dawn of time and, like, draw lots of connections about my anger. But I rarely actually think about what I want, Uh. especially when I fight with, like, my partner, Brad. It's like, what I want always is for us to come together. But the way I release my anger is very divisive, Mm. you know? It's not about bringing us together. And so being able— when I have the wherewithal and I'm not in, like, a red-hot rage, to, like, pause and be like, wait, what do I want? Even though I want to yell about getting a divorce, like, what do I want? I don't want a divorce. I want empathy. I want understanding. I want acknowledgement. I want a pat on the back. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. very interesting. That's that's so great. It's just, I mean, we both talked about how much we liked this book. And I, I think the fact that both of us take away, like, those questions at the top as important to us. Yeah, I, yeah. I see that as a great sign about this book actually not being as problematic as some of the other books yeah. we've lived by. Yeah. I, I see it as a sign that this what is actually— What we took away was, like, the actual information from the book. Yeah, but yeah. I actually see that as a sign that this book has enduring value, even totally. though it's, like, 30-plus years yeah, old. Yeah, even though, yeah, it's still problems. Yeah. Uh, new revelations. Asking for time is okay. And I didn't realize that I don't do it much. In the episode when we were living by this book, I was in the middle of doing some stuff, like getting ready for a holiday party. And Brad was like, can you help me do this last minute online shopping for the holidays? And I was like, no, I can't. In a moment, though, give me five. And he was shocked, and I was shocked, because normally I'd be like, sure, I'll do it, but then get really angry about, like, and now we're running late, and mm-hmm. I didn't finish what I wanted to do. And it's like, oh, you can literally be like, yes, in 10 minutes, or yes, tomorrow, or like, yes, when I have the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to be full of rage. Exactly. Yeah, then you're not <laughs> resentful and angry and blowing up at people. It's yeah. great. What was pure torture? Uh, Brad never got me soup. <gasps> Even after he forgot. What? He said he was going to get it that day. I know. He said he was going to replace the soup. Did not do it. Forgot again. And then forgot he forgot again. And when the episode came out, I was like, you know, you still never got me the soup. He's like, I did. It's like he has a soup-sized hole in his memory. Oh, God. That's super irritating. Yeah. Moving on. 1990s, Who Moved My Cheese? By Spencer Johnson. Ah, uh, yes. Good old this Who book. Moved My Cheese. <laughs> Kristen, what's up? Well, I think you'll be super proud of me. Well, you already know this, Jolenta, but the mm-hmm. listeners don't. I've taken more vacations since we lived by this book yes. without my laptop. Yes. And they weren't giant vacations. It was, you know, three days here and then four days there. But they still count, and I did not bring my laptop with me. So. I mean, compared to the times you're like, hold on, we're in a forest in New Zealand. I'll email you right back. Yes. Like, it's a big improvement. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, new revelations, sometimes chasing the cheese just means having good relationships with former colleagues and a good track record of doing my job well. And sometimes that's enough because, you know, that's how I've gotten a lot of my recent gigs in the last few weeks. And looking back, a lot of my past gigs as well. Right. So, and that's a nice you know. way to look at it. You don't have to be like a hungry, like money grubber. It's like, no, be like a good, reliable person who people enjoy being around. Yeah. Um, I do wish the book would make that more clear. That like, Yeah, no, I think that's more of an inference you made, but sure. <laughs> like, you know, at least it came from thinking about this book somehow. <laughs> now, what was pure torture? Uh, reading this book, I don't know if— It was a delight. It, it was insane. It was hilarious. It was insane. 
Uh, it made me kind of feel like I was back in Dr. Blum, my pediatrician's office, as a five-year-old with strep throat reading Highlights magazine. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm in a fever dream. Yes. Everything's super it large It did have print. a fever dream vibe. Yeah. And That's then, really putting putting your finger on it. Yeah. And there's like these really large graphics, and they all look like bad clip art it's from the really 80s. like a stretched out piece of cheese. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. So... It was hilarious, but it did give me flashbacks to, like, being so sick I can't see straight sitting in the yeah. pediatrician's, like, waiting room. That, so That makes sense. Yeah. What about you? Uh, what stuck for me? Um, reaching out to friends more to maintain relationships and, like, just keep tabs on the people I love. I'm, I am still doing that. Nice. Even though I still am a little under the weather, but I want to maintain friendships and not have them, like, pass me by while I'm a hermit. Nice. Um, new Revelations, I feel like I hate this book more and more when we think about it. <laughs> like, it is so entertaining, but also, like, I feel like, I guess similar to what you were saying, like, you feel like a Highlights Magazine fever dream. Like, I feel like it's it's almost, like, degrading how stupid this book assumes the reader is. Yeah. <laughs> and just the more I think about it, like, yes, I love the cheese graphics, but it's like he hits us over the head with the stories about each of these lessons, then a graphic, like, oh, my God, stop assuming I can't get it the first read. Yeah. Um, what was pure torture? Again, the writing. It is so bad. It's such bad writing. We already talked about it. If I talk about it anymore, that writing is going to haunt me in all of my dreams. So... Let us never discuss this book and its writing again. <laughs> All right, moving on to the 2000s. Yes. We Live by the Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Yes, yes. Um, what stuck? All right, so what stuck? All the love from... All the people out there since the episode aired, um, everyone mm. has made me feel supported and embraced, and I just feel incredibly grateful. So thank you to everybody out there who's just been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, new revelations. This is not exactly a new revelation, <laughs> but something I brought up in the episode that I kind of want to expand on. Mm -hmm. It's okay for us to want to figure out our own narratives around things before sharing those things with others. Mm -hmm. A narrative is an important thing. It's our way of making sense of the world. You know, I was with my friend Sarah Bentley recently, and we were talking about the importance of narratives. And, you know, vulnerability is one thing, but you don't have to be vulnerable before you're ready to. Right. And you can, and maybe it's really valuable to just focus on what your own story is first totally. before you do it. Because vulnerability without keeping yourself emotionally safe first. Yeah. What is the point of that? It's dangerous. I it, feel it like just, it's too it, raw. It can feel like it'll hurt you more than mm -hmm. if you, you know, than if you wait to share the story until you know the story. All right. So what was pure torture? Keeping the steps straight in this book. Oh, my God. Understanding how the steps were different. Honestly, just deciphering what I was supposed to do because all the steps were essentially identical and yeah. mushy and confusing and repetitive. Um. Jolenta, you and I went back and forth so much on this. And even when we showed up on recording day in the studio, Nora looked at the steps and she's like, hold she's on. She's like, this is a clusterfuck. She's like, is this the same as the last step you just yeah. said? Hold on here. Why is this different from the step two steps Or back? like, why did you do this for this step and not that step? And it's like, okay, clearly we have some redundancies. Yeah, like, we don't know what's going on here. No, we yeah. don't know. It was torture. What about you, Jolenta? Okie doke. What stuck? 
um, how brave and badass you are. Aww. I always forget because you act like such a goober, but it's like, no. <laughs> You're like such a very cool badass and like a good role model for me. Aww. So sorry. Aww, Not sorry. <laughs> New Revelations. This book was so much more similar to all the books we read and live by than I thought it was. And I'd read this one before, which is bizarre. But I really remember it being like sort of mind-blowing, like lots of new things. But I guess now that I've been exposed to so much more self-help, I'm like, oh, I've seen that here, seen that there. It's a lot, it's it's a lot of things recycled and like put in TED Talky words. Yeah. Yeah. What was pure torture? Um, basically just sort of bracing myself for like how people would receive you mm-hmm. and bracing myself for just living in fear of like letting listeners down uh, and not obsessively loving a book that is very loved right now. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nerve wracking, but also like we do this to poke holes and shit. And like, I love poking holes and shit. So I don't know why I'm nervous. <laughs> it's tough because. This is a hugely requested book by our listeners, mm-hmm. and for a lot of them, it is their Bible. I so, want to let people down. Know, we don't want to burn people's Bibles, but we do want to tell the truth about how these books affected, affected us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In my day-to-day, it wasn't didn't affect me as much as your day-to-day. That's yeah. all. <laughs> um, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the books we love the most and the books we hated the most in Season 6. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, we are back with the moment of truth, the moment that everyone really and truly wants us to get to. This is the moment when we announce which books we loved the most and which books we hated the most in season six. So, Jolenta, I'm going to have you go first. Okay. Do you want to do loved or hated? Let's do hated first. Ooh, okay, okay. Which one did you hate the most in season six? Kristen, the joy of sex. Ooh, what? I, I, it could be my expectations. Again, I had high hopes for the 70s. I had high hopes for like, puby illustrations. You loved your sex tent, though. I know, and I love my sex for it, but overall, the sense of disappointment I felt after reading that book and feeling, like, so left out of it Mm. had, like, strong vibes of men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you know, where it's just, like, I was so excited to live by something that's just about, like, here's how to be free and, like, love your body and, like, come all the time, but it was like, uh, women don't exist. (laughs) We have holes. Yeah, we have holes for male pleasure, and we'll probably come. Who knows? Yeah. What's that useless thing attached to that hole? Oh, a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, so, that was tasteless, but that's how I feel about uh, that book, too. At the end of the day, I think I hated that one the most. 
How about you, Kristen? Most hated. So for me, it was on being a real person by Pastor Fosdick. So, uh, you know, I I already explained. I don't want to be too repetitive about this, but the book was torture to read. It was such mumbo jumbo. There were no clear steps. Plus the homophobia, the white male-centric view of the world, all of it. I just... I know in a lot of ways he was historically seen as a great person and a mm-hmm. trailblazer. He's, the book's a product of his time, blah, blah, blah. But living by today? Oh, torture. It was the worst. That's yeah, definitely, I totally agree. Like, if anybody said to me, you have to read all the books over again from this season, but you can skip one, this that is the one I would skip. That would be it for sure. Yeah. yeah, I would skip it. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the books we love the most? Yeah, let's do it. What did you love most, Jolenta? I have a tie. Is that okay? I'm going I'm to let it fly. I'm okay. Fly. I am torn between The Dance of Anger. Ah, yeah. Which I think really helped me personally and what I'm working on right now in, in my ability to communicate what's happening underneath mm-hmm. Fiery Rage. <laughs> um, but also, I just love, love, love Phyllis Stiller's housekeeping. Oh, it was yes. such a breath of fresh air Compared to so many of the books we read, it just had such a light tone. And even though it was a joke book, it also had, like, really interesting, you know, sort of subversive insights on, like, how women feel trapped in their prescribed role. And even though it was written in the 60s, like, there are lots of notes that that carry over, I think, to today. And it's just such a fun freaking book. It, it is a laugh-out-loud book. It, it's funny because I think that sometimes we think that our uh, sense of humor, our social mores, all all the ways we interpret what's funny and what's not, oh, they've changed so much. That's old-fashioned. But nope, yeah. I laughed out loud at those. No, it is still hilarious. <laughs> I was still reading things to Brad, jokes that were written way too long ago that were killing <laughs> us Before we were born, yep. yes, and still hilarious. I am totally fine with you having a tie because I agree on both points of your books. Yeah, good, good. And I didn't take any of your favorites. No, Ooh. because my book that I love the most, the one I would happily read again, mm-hmm. is How to Win Friends and Influence People. <gasps> really? I loved that book. The book was just so full of love of your fellow human. Like, yeah. it is such a joy and a gift to be able to meet other people, to hear their stories. To influence them. It what? is a joy and a gift to be able to, you know, walk into a room with excitement you know, to be that dog to the human. Um, and then as far as influencing people, it's so much more fun to use influence rather than boss people around. Exactly, using love and understanding and listening. Yeah, and it's like, hey, I'm going to speak to your humanity rather than boss you around. If you're not doing a good job, I'm not going to put you down, but talk together about, hey, how can we do things better? I know that you're capable of more than this. What can I do to help you get there? That's mm-hmm. essentially what the book's saying. Yeah. Rather than, like, being an asshole about it, like, how can you speak in an influential, encouraging way rather than a way that shuts people down. And I love all of that. Yeah, it's a I good really, thing to love. Yeah, I, I really think it's great. I think it makes sense that this book has never gone out of print yeah, in the last real. It's a heavy hitter years. for a real reason. Yeah, there's a reason why this book's yeah. been around for 90 years. And in my opinion, it's because it's an outstanding book. So wow. that is my most loved book of season six. And there you have it. Season six, in a nutshell. That's it for this bonus episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, our producer, Nora Ritchie, our engineer, Andy Christens, Chris Bannon, our chief content officer, and, of course, Daisy Rosario, our executive producer. 
thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, Jared Arnold, who produced this season's new version of the theme song, and our very own Nora Ritchie for singing the theme song. Plus, special thanks to Jordan Bell, who helped with this episode. We love you, Jordan. Don't forget to stay in touch. Tell us about your experience living by self-help books. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Send us questions, suggestions for other books. Everything's up for grabs. <laughs> Our email address is kristinandjalenta at gmail.com. And you can tweet at us at Jalenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. You can also leave us a voicemail. We love hearing your beautiful voices. You can call us at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. And reminder, rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Give us all the five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. We'll take them all. It helps other people find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> These are our outtakes. Hello, yeah. everyone. Kristen, I can't start an episode. <laughs> Stitcher. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.